Rush hour traffic, don't you just love it? There is a stalled vehicle in the right lane causing a bit of congestion. You might want to avoid this route. The forecast, cloudy and windy and cold. That's a lot. I need you to process these. All of them. By Friday. Thanks. Oh, no ketchup. Awesome. Thanks for nothing. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. Mom, go, 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 go! Oh, thanks a lot. It's not like we need you to catch a pass or anything. Why are you being so about that, Daddy? Uh, I was just being sarcastic, honey. What's sarcastic? That's uh, what Daddy's like when he's in a bad mood. So you're not really thankful? No, I... I am thankful. I'm thankful for a lot of things. Thankful for you, for one, and thankful for mommy. God's been really good to us, taking care of us. Not so much of our football team, but he's taking really good care of us. Thank you, sweetie. For what? For reminding me. sometimes we all need a reminder a lot of times we complain more than we thank God for all the stuff I'm excited you decided to join us this morning for a second week on our four week series on gratitude and this, is, this series has the uh, intention to remind us of you know, how thankful we are to be um, I'm thankful. We had a six-hour meeting yesterday with our leaders, and uh, we're plan, uh, planning on tw- planning the next year, 2024. Uh, there's a lot of exciting things coming up to uh, Hope City Church, and 2024 is ready to go. We're set. All we're waiting is for that first of the year to start running that way. So I'm thankful for our leaders. We had a group of over 20, 20 people in that room. Uh, working our brains, and I'm thankful for that. Um, so, when we talk about gratitude, we hear these words very often. We hear the word thank, thankfulness, thank you. Um, especially during this time of year, uh, we talk about being thankful all the time. We are getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving next week. And, and so, but what exactly, what exactly is gratitude? What exactly is about being thankful? What is gratitude? Gratitude is the quality of being thankful, appreciative, and, to, and recognizing the value of what one has. We are not to take it for granted. 
We are supposed to be thankful because everything we get, everything we receive, everything we experience in life, it's a blessing. It comes from God. And gratitude goes beyond just a polite thank you. And it involves deeper sense of appreciation and mindfulness. It's more than just saying thank you. It's acting in a thankful way. But what is the opposite? What is the opposite of gratitude? What is the opposite of gratitude? Let me show you, let me show you a couple of pictures of what the opposite of gratitude is. Uh, this is, uh, this is what gratitude is. Gratitude is this and complaints is the opposite of gratitude. And if you see this picture and the next picture shows us a reality about gratitude. The real, reality is do we tend to complain more than what we think and more than being grateful. Yes, complain is the opposite of gratitude. And as human beings, we easily tend to complain more than being grateful. We complain even though we know it hurts us more than what it helps us. Complaining and expressing gratitude can, be, uh, can have distinctive effects in one's mindset, well-being, and relationships. It affects a lot of areas in your life. It affects your mindset. If, you're not a, 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 if you don't have gratitude in your life, if you're not a thankful person, if you're more of a complainer, you will always tend to see the negative part of life. And if you have, if you have gratitude in your life, you will, you will see for the most part a lot of positive things in your mind. And so when you look at this, you look at the effects of complaining and the effects of gratitude. And the effects of complaining, usually people who complain a lot have a negative mindset. And that's why every time, when you have a mindset, and I don't know if you know this, but I'll, I'll mention it a little bit more uh, uh, in, in a couple of minutes. Uh, you can train your mind to be a grateful person, and you can also train your mind to be a, uh, uh, to be a person who complains all the time. You can train your mind for either one of these things. God has given us an amazing mind, an amazing brain that works uh, depending on what you choose to do. So you can be, uh, you know, you can be a complainer and have a negative mindset. And when you have a negative mindset, it stresses, it stresses you. It gives you anxiety. It impacts relationships when you're a negative person and you're full of stress all the time. And it impacts in your health. It has consequences. As a matter of fact, they say that um, it's been proven that 85% of people who have problems, health problems, physical problems, it usually begins with being a person who is negative because of your complaining in life. It affects you in your problem solving. But a person of gratitude is a person who has a, a, a mindset, a positive mindset. It improves mental health and enhances relationships. It's physically, you, you are better in a better position physically. And, ex, and it also increases resilience. It's amazing all the benefits that we can have when we are people who are grateful. But a lot of times it's easy to see the fly on the wall than to see all the blessings that we have around us. And the Apostle Paul talks about that in the book of Philippians chapter 6, 
verse 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul tells the Philippian church, because they were tempted to complain, it just in case you are tempted to complain, the Apostle Paul tells the church in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious, do not be worried, because anxiety, worriness leads to complaining, and complaining leads to other things that we'll talk in a minute. But he tells them, do not be anxious about anything. Instead of being anxious about all these things that you get anxious, that you complain about, what you ought to be doing is that in every situation, in every situation that you experience in life, by prayer and petition, the way you should be acting, the way you should be responding, is you should be praying with thanksgiving. Present your request to God with prayers of thanksgiving. And the result of that, that is going to have a result. If you choose to complain in life, you are not going to have the same results. If you choose to complain, you are going to experience stress and anxiety. But if you choose to be thankful, what's going to happen is the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there is a benefit. An amazing benefit, the Bible tells us, when we are people who see things in a positive way, when we train our hearts and our minds to think in a positive way about things, the bridge between anxiety and worriness, and to get to the peace that only God can give us, the bridge between that is called prayer with thanksgiving. If you are a person who prays with thanksgiving, no matter what goes on, no matter what happens in your life, instead of being anxious and worried, and you pray with thanksgiving, that prayer of thanksgiving is going to lead you to the other side of the breach that brings you to God's peace in your life. In the context of what the Apostle Paul just uh, uh, wrote, that what, what we just read right now, let, let me tell you something really quick. Did, did the Apostle Paul had a reason to experience anxiety? When he was writing to the Philippians, do you know where he was? He was in prison. And he was in prison not for the wrong... He was in prison. He was in prison for the wrong reasons, but for the right reasons before God. He was in prison for sharing the gospel. He was in prison for doing the right thing. So the Apostle Paul could have been, you know, complaining and, and have anxiety and worry, what's going to happen to me? As a matter of fact, before this, in Philippians chapter 1, he tells the Philippians, you know what, if I die, I die for Christ. And if I live, I live for Christ. So whether I live or die, it doesn't matter, he said. I'm not worried about that stuff. But we tend to worry so much. And when we worry so much, the next step from worrying... It's the next step after we get anxious, we worry too much. And when we worry too much, the next step is we complain. And we start, we train our brain to complain all the time. And I'll show you that in a minute, how that works. But Paul's letter to, to, letter to the Philippians was written during the time of imprisonment. Paul wrote this letter while he was in chains for the gospel in Rome. And, and this, this was the time, because it was around A.D. Uh, 61, 63, when Nero was the emperor. And Nero was, was persecuting all Christians, killing all Christians just for being Christians. 
And here is Paul saying, you know what, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to die right now. But whatever happens, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be anxious about it. Now let me ask you a question. Do you get anxious about things in life? Do you get anxious when you don't know if your next paycheck is going to come and you're going to be able to pay your rent? Do you get anxious for things like that? What brings anxiety to your life? When we get anxious, a lot of times, it's because we forget who is in control of all things in life. He will never abandon us. He will always care for us. He will always take care of us. It doesn't matter how bad the situation looks in life. God will always be there. It's us who have a hard time a lot of times going to Him. But He's always available. And so Paul, despite of being confined, Paul's letter is remarkably positive and filled with a lot of expressions of joy and gratitude. Despite of where he was. What about the Philippian church he's writing to? What about the Philippian church? You know that the Philippian church, was, they were facing challenges, both internal and external. I mean, Paul is not just saying that for him, but he's saying that to the church he was writing to. They were facing a lot of challenges. And there were, poten- there were potential divisions within the church, concerns about false teachings. Externally, the church encountered opposition and persecution for their faith. That They were also very poor. And they were such a, I mean, they were very poor church. And Paul makes sure he tells them, you know what, despite of your poverty, despite of your struggles, financial struggles, you still collect an offering for me so I can get an offering from you guys when I'm in jail. So they had reasons to be complaining about. They had reasons to have anxiety, uh, you know, why to have anxiety. But despite of these difficulties, the Philippian believers, they remained steadfast and their loyalty and support for Paul were evident throughout the letter. God's desire, God's desire, Hope City Church, is for us to be emotionally healthy and spiritual healthy people. God's desire for you to be spiritually healthy. And emotionally healthy. That's why what he talks about over here about thankfulness, it affects the emotions, it affects the spirit. Remember, our spirit connects us with God. Our emotions connect us within ourselves. God wants our whole being to be connected with Him. God's desire is for us to be be okay. And so He has given us a road map. On how to be emotionally and spiritually healthy people. That's why he tells us, do not be anxious about anything. Anxiety is one of the worst things that, are, that is happening to human beings nowadays. A lot of people that experience anxiety, so some, people, some people don't know what to do with it. And a lot of times in churches, in the old days, we didn't know how to deal with that stuff. If a person came with the need, all we, all we knew how to tell a person, and I know that as a pastor, we used to do that. I used to do that 28 years ago. When I was, when I, 28 years ago, we had no idea about a lot of this emotional stuff. And I remember, as all we knew how to tell people, because they, they didn't teach us much in seminary about that. It was to tell people, you know what, um, we'll be praying for you. Or just pray and read your Bible. Fast and fasting and prayer will get rid of that. 
But we didn't know how to help people. We didn't know how to guide them. We didn't know how to connect with them emotionally. This, this is so important because Paul is talking about emotions. And how your emotions are connected with your spirit. And how your spirit and your emotions are connected with God. And he says, don't be anxious for anything. Anxiety is not a good thing, he says. Instead of being anxious in every situation, by prayer and petition, give God thanks. But notice that he doesn't say, give God thanks for the situation you're in. He says, be thankful in the situation you're in. Despite of whatever situation you're in, be thankful. And that thankfulness is going to take you to the next level. Because the peace of God will be the result of that. And so, in this text, I notice Paul tells us a lot of things in, this, in these two verses, but I want to I point out three of them. The, the first thing Paul says is, what to avoid in the process of becoming emotionally and spiritually a healthy person? What to avoid? What to avoid is, is right the first thing he says there in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. So Paul is not just telling you, you know what, it's, it's up to you. or No, it's a command. Don't. Don't do this. A lot of times people don't like to be told what to do, what not to do. Don't tell me what to do. Well, Paul is telling us what to do, what not to do. Don't be anxious about anything. If I'm, I to, uh, if I'm to avoid anxiety, I need to understand what anxiety is. So what's anxiety? Anxiety is a natural and adaptive response to stress or to a perceived threat that we have in our lives. So in other words, we get anxious when we worry about something that might happen. And did you know that it's been proven that about 90% of the things we worry about are things that are never going to happen. And we, we worry so much about it. And that creates anxiety in our hearts. Now, anxiety, let me tell you one thing. Anxiety is a normal part of a human being. It's normal for us to experience anxiety. It's not that we don't, we're not supposed to experience this. It's how do we handle it. You know, so it's normal. It's a part of a human being. It's a part of a human experience, and it can serve as a protective mechanism, preparing the body to respond to a potential danger. That's what anxiety is. However, when anxiety becomes excessive, pay attention to this because I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm saying when it becomes excessive, when it's prolonged, and it's disproportionate. To the situation you are experiencing. Then it can develop anxiety disorder. That's a different thing. Then it gets bad. And the anxiety disorder comes and we experience that a lot of times because we are not really trusting the way we should be trusting in God. Disproportionate worry or anxiety will take you to a chain effect of destructive things in your life. If you prolong that anxiety or, or disproportion that anxiety or worriness, 
that will lead you to be a person who, you know, you will be worried so much that you're complaining about things. But what about this? What about that? And this and that. And complaining about things will lead you to a negative mindset. So a lot of things you start seeing, you're going to be seeing things, and you're going to be seeing things in a negative way. A negative mindset will always lead you to more stress, and more stress will affect your relationships. Have you ever experienced that with relationships? The more stressed you are, the, 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 the worse we respond to relationships. Proven studies, I said it before and I'll repeat it again, have said that 85% of our physical health problems in an individual come from some sort of negative emotion experience. Emotional experience. This is why God is telling us, be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. God wants the best for us. So instead of being anxious, He said, this is, the, this is what you need to avoid. Being anxious is what you need to avoid. So what do you need to do? Make a better choice. Make a better choice. In the second part of verse 6, don't worry, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, make a better choice. What's the better choice he's talking about? Number two, in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, the better choice is to have a thankful heart in every situation. Not for every situation, but in every situation, have a thankful heart Pray and do your petitions with thanksgiving. Don't pray with complaining. Enough complaining. A lot of times we go, God, what about this? God, what about that? God, why did you provide this person with this and not me? And we, we become a victim. We get the victim syndrome. When we should be thanking God, use your prayers to thank God. Thank God for what He's done for you. Thank God for what He's given you. A lot of times we take for granted what God has given us. We take for granted a lot of things. We take for granted our family. We take for granted our kids. That's why they grow up so fast and, they, oh, and then they're gone. And where are the kids at? We take for granted people in our lives who, has, who have shown us love. We take for granted our church. We take for granted a lot of things. No. It's all a blessing God has given you. And that's why God is saying, you know, through the apostle, through the writing of the apostle Paul, do not be anxious for anything, but in every, in every situation, it don't matter. The situation. Pastor, but you don't know what I'm going through. I don't need to know what you're going through. I just need to know what the Bible says. In every situation, be what? Be thankful. Because you still have life. Be thankful because you were able to wear clothes this morning. I'm glad you were. Right? Be thankful for everything. Well, I don't have shoes. Have you seen people who says they don't have shoes and they open their clothes and you're like, whoo? No, you don't have shoes. Now, I, I, I can take pictures when I go on mission trips of people who don't have shoes. I can show you that. But in every situation, let's be with prayer. Let's use prayer not to nag. Let's use prayer not to be whining. Let's use prayer to say, God, thank you. 
Why am I always asking you for things? Thank you for you, what you have already given me. Thanksgiving is the antidote to anxiety. Expressing gratitude has been recognized as a powerful antidote for anxiety. When individuals cultivate thankful, a thankful attitude and actively acknowledge the positive active of their lives, um, it, it can have several beneficial effects, and we know that. We just saw a list of them. A positive mindset, improved mental health, a positive impact on relationships. You know, I don't know if you want to have a relationship with the person who's always nagging, 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 then you get a nagger. Oh, mm -mm. It affects your physical well-being. And that's why it says, in every situation, be in prayer and petition with thanksgiving. When you are thankful, not for, but in every situation. How do I make this choice? Because it's a choice, right? That's what we said in point number two. It's a choice. You have to make a better choice. So when it comes to complaining, let me tell you something really quick. It's natural. In our sinful nature, it's natural to complain. And you know why it's natural? Because we're trying to control the outer world. Or we're trying to get through life. And we see things that don't fit our picture of life. Because we're trying to control the outer world, and we see pictures, that don't, things that don't fit our picture. That's why we complain. Well, this is, I'm not agreeing with that. I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like that. In fact, it's often said that stress comes from the outer world not fitting the picture of what we want it to look like according to our inner world. And when that happens, most, most people complain. So we, we also complain because we are constantly judging other people. Have you ever heard somebody complain about people? They're constantly, we, we're constantly judging other people. We're constantly judging events. We're constantly judging circumstances, specifically people, on how we think they should act. If we think they're acting the way we don't agree with, we complain. Instead of being thankful for them, we complain. It means that we justify, we feel justified. It feels, that, it, feels, it feels that as a victim to circumstances or victim to somebody else's behavior, we can pretty much feel that it's not our fault about anything. Nothing is our fault. Or they're... So, uh, uh, this is what we do. Well, so-and-so so did this. Or so-and-so did that. The problem. Here's, here's, here's where I... This is a very important thing. The problem is, while they might have... Um, while people complain, what they don't understand is that they're training their brain to complain and to see all the time the negative things. What's, what, what, what you're doing to your brain, what you're doing to yourself, is setting the framework of, the, of our circumstances moving forward to continue. And the reason for that is when we start noticing what's wrong rather than noticing what's right, then the brain starts being trained to continue to look at what's wrong. Once you allow that in your life, the brain continues to look at... That's why when there are certain people you know in your life 
That every time they do something, even if they do something right, you're already looking at it wrong. Because you already train your brain to look at what's wrong, not what's right. But it's our choice. It's our choice what we do with that. Uh, l- l- let, me, let, me, let me play a quick game with you. And you'll see the power of this. If I said, look, if you can give me a list of 10 things that suck about your life, right now, give me a list of 10 things. You have 10 seconds to give me a list of 10 things. And if you do, I'll give you $100,000. Do you think you'll do that? You'll do it really quick. Don't, don't, don't stay quiet. Come on. You'll do it really quick. As a matter of fact, they won't take you, it won't take you 10 minutes. It will take you seconds to do it. But if I tell you, now, now you can say, no problem, I'll, I'll get this done. And your brain already knows how to spot those things that are wrong in your life right away. However, if I say different game, if I, if I play a different game, and if I ask you, write 10 things in 10 minutes that you actually are grateful for, and I'll give you $100,000, you're also going to win the $100,000 because you're training now your brain to think positive. You will train your brain quickly to think negative or to think positive. That's your choice. We have a choice. You are motivated now to train your brain to look in that moment for what is working for you. What's, you know, it's interesting how we train our brain. That's why we do that. We either see things in a positive way, and that's why people, no matter how blessed they are, they see things in a negative way. Both games are available. Now, the question to you is, which one are you going to play? Are you going to play the negative game? The complaining game? Or are you going to play the thankful way? The thankful game. If you want to start training your brain, uh, let, let me give you an example. If you want to start training your brain to look at more positive things rather than uh, writing it on automatic for negative things and make you get mad and upset about things in life, um, it, here's a couple of language tips that I want to share with you. Instead of saying, have you heard people when they say, I got to go to work? Do you think that's a positive thing or a negative thing? True or false? You don't want to play the game. See that? Is it true? I got to go to work. It's a positive thing? No, it's not a positive thing. I got to go to work. Instead of saying, I got to, I get to go to work. You see the difference? When you say, I got to have, I got to go pick up my kids. You don't because they're older. I got to I gotta pick up my kids. Uh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do that. Instead of saying, I get to pick up my kids. Oh, I got to clean the house. I get to clean my house. When you say, I get to clean my house, what you're saying, what you're communicating is, I am grateful for a house that I have. I get to clean my house. I get to pick up my kids because there are people who can have kids. And that means you have kids. I got to, I'm going to get to work. I got to get to work. I want to go to work. 
So it, just, it changes the whole thing. And it trains your brain to think that way. To either be a complainer, to be a whiner, or to be a grateful person. It, it, it just if you switch that simple word, God, from God to get, it, it, it just, you have a very dif- different relationship to it. So, the first one is a victim type of word. The second one, uh, and when you talk about being a victim, mentally, it's like you can say life happens for you. Or you can be thankful, right? You can be thankful. I live life. It's a choice. It's a choice. So the Apostle Paul tells us two things so far. This is what God doesn't want you to do. Don't be anxious. Don't get extremely worried to the point of experiencing the anxiety that's going to destroy you. But instead of doing that, through prayer, be thankful for all the blessings that you have. Be thankful for all the things that you have. Be thankful for the people around you. Be thankful for those things that God is giving you and providing for you. And I'll finish with this. Just, number three, just follow the instructions and you will see the results. Have you ever told anybody that? When they buy something and it's something that is all like a hundred pieces and you got to put it together. Have you ever told somebody, just follow the instructions? Well, not too long ago, a few weeks ago, Jen told that and me. We went through a process, and I'm not going to tell you how many pounds we lost together because I'm embarrassed. But I, I, I didn't fit on this shirt. It feels good. But guess what I told Jen? I said, Jen, what do I have to do? She's, she was coaching us. And she said, just follow the instructions. Did you read the book? No, not yet. Well, read it. The book with instructions. And then she goes, just follow the instructions. A lot of times we make, we make life harder than it is, right? God's book is the instructions. And all we have to do a lot of times is follow the instructions in God's book. And that's why in verse 7 it says it's going to have results. If you are not anxious for anything and you are thankful in every prayer you thankful you are thankful with every prayer and you are thankful in the situation you're experiencing and you're living the result will come naturally what is the result the result is you will experience the peace of god why because you're trusting in god in this situation the peace of God will come automatically in your heart, which transcends all understandings. And it will not just come the peace of God, but it will also guard your heart and your mind to become a person who sees things in a positive way, not in a negative way. When you look at things in a negative way, it will destroy you. Just learn to follow the instructions. By the way, I lost 33 pounds in five weeks. Vet, I'm not going to say that because that's private for him. But if you see, everybody's like, Vet, you look good, man. And so he calls me skinny guy, so I call him skinny guy too. Flaco. But 
when we got into this, I was like, Vet has the coach at home. I had the coach on the phone. And I was like, am I really going to get through this? Week number three, Jen, I wanted to give up, remember? And she kept on saying, nope, keep on going. Just follow the instructions. That's all we got to do sometimes. God has given us the instructions. The peace of God. I mean, if there is one thing we should strive for in life, is to have peace. People ask me, what are you looking forward in life? I'm looking forward every day to get home and say, there's peace. It's peaceful. And that's what God gives us. When we trust in Him, when we are thankful, in every, when we train our brain to be thankful, and our hearts and our minds will be guarded. He will protect our hearts and our minds. Gratitude brings peace. Gratitude protects your heart and your mind from seeing everything in a negative way. For that, you have to start by having a relationship with Jesus. A lot of times people say, well, I just can't do it. No, yeah, we can do it. We can do it. We have to get help from the one who's giving us the instructions. If we don't go, if we don't run to Jesus, you, there's a lot of things in life you're not going to be able to do. What, what's, what's impossible for men, Jesus said, it is possible for God. So there's a lot of things we will not be able to do. And one of them, definitely not, we cannot save ourselves. We have to run to Jesus. So if you have never given your life to Christ, that's where everything starts. Surrender your life to Jesus. And you'll see how life changes. Once you surrender your life to Jesus, then, then ask Jesus to help you change your way of thinking. To change from a victim to a victor. Because we have victory in Christ. He already conquered death. And He already destroyed sin. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we want to thank You, Lord, for being our amazing God. The God who gives us the instructions. The instructions we're supposed to follow. Thank you, Lord, for helping us understand not to be anxious for anything. But that in everything, we need to be thankful. We need to pray with thankfulness. And thank you, Lord, for the results. With your heads bowed, I just want to ask you, if you have never given your life to Jesus... And you go through a lot of this stuff. It's all, it's all a process to get out of that situation. But I just want to tell you, as we pray, that the only way we're going to get out of that situation, it's a process that starts by you giving your life to Jesus. 
By giving your life to Jesus, what you're saying is you are going to turn the control of your life over to Jesus. So He can take you. So He can lead you. So you can pray with me and just say, Dear Jesus, I want to ask for forgiveness of my sins. I want to turn my life to you. I want to be the person that you want me to be. Forgive my sins. Make me yours. I belong to you. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you this morning. If you prayed that prayer with me, don't forget to see one of our elders in the back. They will, they will help you. They will get a Bible for you. And, uh, and they will also give you some counsel on what to do next. God bless you guys.